This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by Artbase. Are you managing an art collection or an artist studio or a gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, Artbase is the right software to manage your art business. Artbase allows you to track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and you can use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and so much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to artbase.com today to learn more. And be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. Hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. The art world is traditionally quiet each August, and that was the case this year as well. But it's September now and galleries often schedule some of their best exhibitions of the year to open during the second and third weeks of September, just after summer concludes. And despite everything, that's been the case this year. I walked through Chelsea today, actually, and saw several fantastic shows that opened today. They weren't the usual kind of openings one expects, where it's a large gathering on a weekday night. It was more of an all-day affair, galleries scheduling a few people here and there in 30-minute increments. And despite the atypical openings, at the end of the day, it's all about the art. And it was actually a nice experience to view art in an empty gallery without too much noise or distractions. It really allowed me to spend quality time enjoying the art, noticing the subtleties in the works, and formulating a strong conviction about the show. While the world remains seemingly on pause, corporate America hasn't returned to their offices, for example, and even within the arts, theaters aren't open, but the art world has shown how resilient it is. It's truly remarkable that we're having these exhibitions during this time. I feel really fortunate to have art back in my life, and I think not being able to see art in person for such an extended period during the pandemic really made all of us reflect and realize how special and powerful art is and why we're all so passionate about it. In this week's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Evan Beard, National Art Services Executive at Bank of America Private Bank. Evan oversees their art lending practice, and we had a really interesting conversation with him about the art lending landscape, how the pandemic impacted lending activities, and how he foresees the art lending space evolving over the next several years. Really, for such an opaque practice and industry, Evan did a really phenomenal job breaking all this down for us. So if you've ever been interested in this area of the art market and wanted to learn more about it and had some questions, I think you'll really take a lot away from this conversation. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Evan, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, great to be here, Adam. Of course, great to have you on. The art lending space, it's still very non-transparent to a lot of people, so I think it'd be best to start with an overview. And How would you categorize the different types of lenders in the industry, and which bucket does Bank of America Private Bank fall in? Yeah, it's a good question. There's really two big buckets. Uh, There's the private bank relationship lender, And then there's the boutique collateral lender. 
So the boutique collateral lender would be Sotheby's and some of your hedge funds and collateralized debt funds. And what they're doing is they're prioritizing the art. They're lending against the art on a non-recourse basis. And if the deal goes bad, they get out of the deal by selling the art, usually at auction. Uh, on the private bank side, you know, Bank of America, we have a very large art lending business, billions and billions. And we have great competitors like JP Morgan, Citi, Goldman. We are really lending against the art, but doing it on a relationship and balance sheet basis. So these are full recourse lines of credit. And our clients are really unlocking capital from the art, and they're doing what's called a balance sheet arbitrage. So they're saying, I love owning art. I like it on my wall. It gives me cachet. It gives me pleasure. It gives me you know, cultural capital and status. But what I really want to do is get that capital out of the art because it's a cash negative asset. It doesn't pay me a dividend. And so I'm going to come to Bank of America, put a, a, you know, a credit facility against it, get that capital out, and then redeploy it into my hedge fund or my private equity fund or my real estate empire. So that's what our clients are doing. Got it. Thanks so much for painting that picture for us. That makes a lot of sense. And so we've seen how COVID has impacted several aspects of the art world. In fact, we've had many guests on over the past several months speaking on that topic. To what extent has the pandemic and the economic swings we've seen in the economy impacted the art lending space? It definitely has in ways that may seem slightly counterintuitive. So, you know, the COVID environment has really put severe strain on the gallery and art fair space anywhere where kind of tactile in-person in -person business is done. That's become an extreme challenge. Obviously, the museum sector has been hampered by this in a big way. And even the auctions as they've gone digital have been moderately successful on the demand side, but the supply side has been really constrained. So, you know, you look at the auction houses, their overall sales are down almost you know, 40, 50 percent year to date. Uh, on the art lending side, you know, sometimes uh, what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. We've been the near term beneficiary of this in the following way. A lot of clients that may have opted to create liquidity by selling works this year have said, you know what, this is just a volatile environment. Uh, you know, the stock market's going nuts. Uh, who knows if there's gonna be good demand on the other side. I'm gonna unlock capital from my art instead. Uh, the other thing we saw is when volatility spikes in the stock market, a lot of folks like to lever things that are not priced daily. So if you have a margin line, you're subjected to margin call risk. And, you know, we've seen 40, 50 percent swings in the S&P and the NASDAQ this year. Uh, there is real margin call risk. So we've had some folks say, let me shift that line of credit to my art uh, because the art is not priced daily and not subject to margin call risk. So during the depths of COVID in March, April, May, we saw this wave of borrowing mostly from existing lines of credit as folks were drawing down on those lines to do three things. One, a flight to safety. They're just going into cash, not knowing what the world was going to do. Uh, second, uh, they saw big dislocation in lots of industries and that creates buying opportunities. So they said, let me get capital out of my art so I can go invest when markets are low. And then the third was just, you know, the Fed's response to COVID 
made the borrowing environment even more interesting. Uh, rates were slashed to zero. Uh, they backstopped certain capital markets. So we did see, you know, as interest rates drop, the cost of borrowing against your art goes down and the opportunity cost of owning art, which is a non-interest bearing asset goes down. So both of those drove more demand uh, for unlocking capital from the art. So it's been a good year in the art lending space overall on a near term basis. That doesn't necessarily mean mid and long term it will be such. And if you look at the art lending landscape as a whole, we definitely read that the numbers are growing. Would you consider art financing to still be a niche part of the art world? And if so, do you think it's because of an unawareness of the product or because demand for the product is just limited? It's a niche part of the credit and capital markets world. Um, in the art world, I think it's grown beyond niche because we estimate there's probably 20 billion in art loans outstanding in the US alone. Uh, we have a big slug of that. That's probably on 40 billion or so worth of art. Um, you know, the art market's not a huge place. You know, the, the auction houses, you know, they sell four or five or six billion in art a year. So you start to look at the amount of liquidity unlocked from existing art collections and compare it to the overall turnover at the high end of the art market. So art lending is actually a big source of liquidity these days, um, both in terms of backing guarantees at auction, doing third-party guarantees. Uh, a lot of art loans finance major uh, transactions in and out of the art world. So I think it's grown beyond. I think it's quieter because quite frankly, you know, not that there's a stigma, but I think there's still an old world, you know, belief that you don't want to let folks know that you're borrowing against your art. Uh, everyone's doing it. Uh, a lot of the major collectors are doing it as sort of a balance sheet management strategy, but it still feels like you're mixing uh, something that has a purity to it with the crudeness of finance. And I think people are not prone to chat about that publicly at dinner parties. Got it. And as you said, the space has grown a lot in recent years. Do you notice a difference in the type or profile of your clients who are suddenly interested in this compared to the past? Yeah, look, I think if, if you look at the collector base from a generation ago, they were industrialists, they were multi-generation families that had a tradition of collecting. They were esthetes and connoisseurs with you know patches on their elbows going a thousand miles deep in certain segments of the market and really animated by the knowledge of objects if we look at the current collector base there's been this dramatic shift into you know the markets driven industries private equity hedge fund real estate the collectors of this day and age built their business, they're mostly entrepreneurs, and they built their business being sophisticated using debt. Uh, and they've applied that same markets-driven mentality to their art collecting. So, you know, I think you know, this shift, which really started with the leverage buyout boom in the 80s and all those folks you know, that led that innovation are collectors you know, it's, it's gone right into the hedge fund segment and, you know, the, the commercial real estate developer segment to uh, any kind of markets driven 
debt financing entrepreneur who becomes a collector, and that's where a lot of the money is being made. Uh, they're applying that methodology to their art collecting. An area where we're not seeing it, and we're not seeing the big collectors, where there's just amazing amounts of wealth being generated, and the innovation cycle, et cetera, is in the tech sector. There are a few big tech collectors, but the culture of the tech entrepreneurial space, Silicon Valley, for whatever reason, it's minimalistic, it's idealistic, it's not acquisitional, it's not, you know, art, having a Picasso on your wall in Silicon Valley does nothing for you status-wise, and it's a segment of, you know, money in motion that, for whatever reason, has not really sort of become art collectors in a major way yet. So that's, that's one we're hoping to crack. And you just touched on embracing the technology community. But beyond that, what would you say are some of the key challenges facing the growth of the art lending industry in the medium to long term? Yeah, look, on a micro level, there's a high correlation with the demand for this and interest rates. So, you know, we we watched a couple of weeks ago Chairman Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, who said we are going to tweak our Federal Reserve policy to accept higher inflation levels to target higher unemployment, which basically means they're going to probably keep interest rates low in the near to midterm. If we get into a rising interest rate cycle, that will soften demand for this. Uh, And then the second thing, which is probably more macro, is just the health of the overall auction and global art market has a big impact on the number of collectors, the growth in number of collectors, and the number of folks who may want to leverage their art. So the major headwinds we're seeing this year from all the art fairs being canceled to extreme stress on the middle market gallery segment to lots of would-be new collectors who are not becoming collectors because the infrastructure of the global art market is challenged right now. If this gets drawn out into a multi-year deal, that's going to put severe headwinds into this art lending segment. Because if you don't have an expanding collector base or an expanding art market, uh, there's there's obviously uh, an inability to expand, you know, the liquidity side, which is, you know, the business that we run at Bank of America. So we're all hoping that we get a vaccine and get beyond this so the market can continue back to becoming a globalized industry of expanding interests in art. Absolutely. Evan, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast and explaining what you're doing at Bank of America Private Bank in the art lending space, as well as sharing your perspective on the entire industry. We really appreciate your insights. And if our listeners want to learn more about the art lending at Bank of America Private Bank, what's the best way to do that? Hey, uh, you can email me, evan.beard at bofa.com, or go to our website, Google Private Bank, Bank of America Art. And uh, yeah, if you're interested, let us know. And Adam, thanks so much for having us. Of course. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Evan. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks so much to ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Are you managing an art collection, an artist studio, or gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art business. ArtBase lets you track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. 
into your data just once and use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to artbase.com, that's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com to learn more, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount.